Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Beauty is a state of mind. As I feel beautiful, I radiate beauty. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And we're sitting here today with a very special guest that we've called in to talk about the concept of beauty. A universal concept, which is, you know, I think everybody who's listening, male or female, young or old, is going to be absolutely fascinated with what we've brought in Bridget into the talk about today. Bridget has basically been at the forefront of the modelling industry down where we live here in South Australia since 95. She and her husband, Tim, uh, have run um, Finesse Models, which is basically a nationally and internationally world-renowned uh, agency when it comes to booking girls who end up on the runways in the biggest cities on the world, which is in the Paris, Tokyo, the London, New York, uh, you know, the international catwalk scene. Bridget also photographic, don't forget the photographic stuff. Modelling in every sense of the word. So Bridget has seen how that industry has changed through the advent of technology coming, through the advent of you know, through the internet, through photoshopping, airbrushing, through phones, through Facebook, through all of that world that's so drastically changed over the last two, three decades. She's worked with young girls, she's seen it all in terms of body image, health conditions, inner game, outer game, self-esteem. This is a woman who's had a lot of very raw, real-life experience and we'd like to welcome you to our show today, Bridget Mitchell. Hello. <laughs> so Bridget... Do you want to talk, I guess, first a little bit about how you have seen the concept of beauty change or has it not changed in your time in this industry? No, the concept of beauty hasn't changed in terms of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And some people, when you look at them, are attractive. Like, they're they're away. There's, there's people who are, like, 90% of the population say, oh my goodness, they're beautiful. Yeah. Um, but what the modelling industry finds beautiful changes from season to season. So beauty for the modelling industry is not all about what what it's not about classic beauty or, or what. Is it more about fashion? What's in fashion? At the it's moment? more about a look. It's more about a look. Okay. And, and is that look dictated by advertising? I actually think it's dictated by the designers and, and but, a different look, a just or an agent, one of the bigger agents who, you know, from New York or Paris saying, this is the new face, this is the girl we're going to push, and if everybody jumps on top of them, that then becomes the new look. The new look, right. Yeah. And then it trickles down. So it's not necessarily meaning that they're the most beautiful. It just means that's the new look. That's the trend. Yes. Okay. But they still stay within a theme though. It's always got to be kind of certain height, certain weight, certain, you know, symmetrical face. There's a Having a symmetrical face is one of the biggest tips anybody can have in terms of beauty because... I have the most non-symmetrical face. I do. I do. You know, you hold a hand up through the centre of your face and one half of me, if I looked and I, I could mirror that, would be a completely different face. People generally have two different nostrils. I did it most my smile. Two different boobs, don't <laughs> They're all looking at my smile now, so I'm not smiling. All right. Um, so it, it's got that has that treat. Yeah. But a perfect complexion, perfect skin has a lot to do with it as well. Um, and it's just that something where some, someone makes you want to look at them. But who, what designer would possibly say, Let's get the skinniest girls in the entire world that are, look like they haven't eaten for two mm. months and put them on a catwalk and think that that's a good look. Okay. Am I being too harsh? No, because that happened recently at, um, 
happened in Sydney, Sydney didn't it? Same I, fashion I, I week. That was in front yeah. I saw that shot. Oh. Um, okay. What is that? Okay. First of all, I have to say, people need to just calm down because fashion shows are one small part of the modern industry. Yeah. And for fashion shows, people like to see, the designers like to see, like we have tall, thin girls walking down the runway, girls who have no outward personality, and they do, but they're not allowed to show it. It's about the thing. They are a clothes They are walking clothes Right. Um, and I know that, that a lot of people don't like to, to face this fact, but there are tall, skinny people in the world. Like, they exist. They're real. Um, and so most agents, when looking for fashion runway models, try to only represent full thin girls. It's a very small percentage who actually have eating disorders. Right. And I, and, and I think... You don't think that the industry actually encourages no. the models that potentially could be thin if they took on... Because I saw this in dancing. Yeah. So it's incredibly embarrassing. I don't know. I've got a lot to say about dancing. <laughs> but, hey, come on, please, yeah. I, I feel like the modeling industry, you have to remember, like, the agent people who. So nobody wants to encourage someone to ruin their lives and be sick. Yeah. However, I do think in the midst of it all, sometimes if, if an agency encourages a girl to be, to drop some weight, for example, because she put on weight. Yeah. It can go the other way. And I, I recently saw an incident with me where there was quite a well-known Australian model was clearly sick, clearly sick yeah. to be on the runway. Um, and what it generated was a lot of publicity for the said designer who said, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that. You know what? That designer would hand-fit those models. That designer fits those models. That designer lines those models up before they walk down the runway. There's no way that designer did not notice that girl was sick. But what it did generate for the designer was a, a lot of publicity. And that was right at the beginning of Fashion Week. And I know that she was not cancelled for many shows for many of the other designers. So, you know, I can mm. sit here and, and um, defend the industry, but, you know, I, I really think Really, it does come down to, it's advertising, isn't it? I think agents have a lot of responsibility. If, if a girl is sick, I, I had a girl come in here the other day, wanted to be a model, came in here with her mum. And mums have a lot to do with perpetuating. a hundred percent on this, yes. She came in and I said, you know, she was lovely. She was five or eleven. She was very thin though. And I said, are you healthy? And the mum answered, oh, yeah, she's, and I'm there, she doesn't help you to be. I, I think you, are you sure you don't have an eating disorder? And the mum went from being defensive to being, well, we've been trying to try to do this we can't want it. And the truth is, when you have an eating disorder, you have a psychological problem. You, you are not healthy. So you, it, you can't really be a model. So the skinny tall girls you see on the runway in Paris, for example, and I have been to Paris Fashion Week, and I did um, chaperone one of my models to 20 castings a day. In the storm I had, in the snow and sleet and rain, I went around to 20 castings a day. I saw hundreds 
and hundreds of models from all over the world going to the classrooms, the top fashion shows in the world. Just in maybe two seconds. One. The, the castings for people that don't know, it's like an interview. It's where they, the models all get to turn up and be viewed, be looked at by the designers to be potentially selected yeah. for a show. So what they have to do is they rock up, it's old world way of saying it's a cattle call. They rock up and they'll one by one walk. And their designers is like, yes, no, yes, no, she's right, she's not. I saw so many girls. I would have seen about one girl who I would consider to be sick. The rest of them, most of them were Eastern European girls. Um, and they were incredibly tall and just well giraffe looking women, girls actually. Well, that's, that's, the other, know. that's the other thing. A lot what a lot of people don't know is models are sixteen, so they're getting younger and think, Well that's why, because mm. that's when women have that body shape. Yeah. And and it's a straight up and down body shape. It's a, the baby hips have to cut in there. Then so why do we have the need for the photoshopping and airbrushing? You know, the teenagers I go into schools and work with are seeing 20,000 commercials a year, nearly 400 a week, and so much of that imagery is doctored. And well, I'd say all of that well, imagery is doctored. Of course. And so much of it when it comes to women and how they're portrayed in advertising is so overly sexualised. You know, the younger girls being dressed up to make them older, makeup on younger girls, high heels and stuff, or just using, like you said, 16 to 19 year old bodies to sell a whole range of products to a whole range of demographics. Those 16 to 19 year old bodies are generally used for the high fashion, where that no one wants to know about the fashion. If, if they are just walking down the runway, if that, that's why people say, why don't the models smile? Well, they're not allowed to. Because it's, it's a, they're just walking down the runway. They're like shop mannequins who come along. And isn't it the, the designers, like, they really do literally look at it as they are clothes hangers walking yes. down there, and that yes. that's why they like the tall thin because apparently it makes their clothes look more they hang right. They, they, they do, yeah. yeah. They, they do flow better and mm, they do. And, and it's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I don't think it's ever going to change. And the minute you put, uh, I hate this word, a real size woman, because I'm telling you, all those kids are real. They have heartbeats, blood runs through their veins. They are real women. They are real people. But this term, you know, that's what real women on the runway. Well, the minute you do that, you sit in a crowd, and it's always the women girls. I so, know. Oh, I had this with dancing. Oh, look at yes. the size of it. With the, fat the same women that's yeah. off the street in, have a bill. It is the other same women who say, oh, look at the size so of the The women who are our own harshest critics in the Absolutely. industry. Absolutely. Not coming from the men? Absolutely. I found exactly the same in the dancing industry. Exactly the same. Mm. In the dancing industry, no one does about the dancing industry. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> but I, I would say they would have a much higher percentage of, you know, like these little girls who are 10, 11, 12 starting, want to be ballerinas. With eating disorders. And who knows that to eleven talk? How your bodies are going to develop. You do not know where like how big your your bus ride is gonna be, where your hips are gonna be. Oh look, I had dance trips because I had um an agency that had five hundred variety performers. So there were singers, dancers, actors, um and variety performers that mm-hmm. worked in the vast majority of those were, were dancers, so I had you know, a couple of hundred um dancers and uh, in one of the dance trips at one point I had 10 very gorgeous, fit, athletic, very talented dancers, and nine of them had an eating disorder. I had to call in nutritionists. And when they what happens is they, they can for a long time, so their muscles are so attuned and the body memory of the dancer is so strong, but eventually they don't. 
And I had one girl who I kept talking to her. She was denying, denying, denying. Um, I actually ended up implementing the rule. You, I wouldn't take a dance one if they were under 48 kilos. Now, at the time, our national ballet company wouldn't take them if they were over 48 kilos. And I remember there was an article written up in Dance Australia magazine about this. It was quite interesting how we were on opposite. And, but I, with this girl, what happened with her dancing performance was that she went to a show and she went late and she, she couldn't land. She landed and just crumbled. They didn't have the strength. And that's when I went, right, line drawn in the sand. And I called a meeting with her parents. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm pulling her out. She's not working for me any longer, I believe. And I was really harsh. Um, it was that tough love harshness. I just went in with an axe and said, she's done until she gets medical treatment. I need a, a note from at least two, or a, a GP and a specialist that says that she is of healthy eating, a healthy weight, that she is nutritionally fueled, healthy, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, the parents broke down crying. Eventually, the girl broke down crying. We got to the guts, but we got to the truth. She got the treatment. She's now so successful and beautiful, I'm happy to say. But, but, but nobody else like, jumps in. You jump in. Parents are often the, the biggest. The parents are often the biggest. Enablers. Enablers, and they're often in denial. And being a parent myself, like I guess when you're seeing someone every day, you maybe don't notice it, but you know, it's the mums. The mums are the ones. Like I have said to quite a few mums, I don't think, you know, she's eating correctly either. I think this is not her natural. Oh no, 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 she's very healthy. You, Sometimes you've got to be tough love to the mum. Yes. But Bridget, from your perspective, and you've been around this industry for so long, what do you think anorexia is all about? What's well, you're talking to someone who's seriously not qualified to be talking about psychology. No, that's not oh, no, really. But it doesn't stop us going there. <laughs> it generally is nothing to do with modelling or dancing. It's generally to do with the self-control thing, which emanates from something that's happening in childhood or something else that's happening. And, you know, it, it could be... I don't want to go into too much details, but, you know, there have been girls that I've come across and there's been abuse when they were younger and that's come out. Um, or it might be a comment from a teacher, you know, during sport, you know, in year six or seven, or it might be a comment from another girl or a boy at school and it, it's something that's triggered. But I also understand that it could be started by a comment from me. So we are really really careful what we say. It's a huge responsibility and it's a big stretch. And for example, I had a mum bring a child here, and I do say child because I do think that she's in an um, here five years ago. And she was a little girl, like I'm talking about a child modelling and trying to tell it first thing. Like she was say five foot four, she was a pretty little girl, and the mum walked here and I said, she is beautiful. Like, she's, she's really beautiful, doesn't mean she's not. She's beautiful, but she's not finished cooking yet. Like, she's got to grow up. I'm like, what? Put her back in the other cooking. <laughs> keep, keep her away from, like, bring her back in five years when she's finished growing and let's look at her. Like, five years to the day, they say. She came in not long ago. She was Martha, the mum and the girl. So five years on her. As a um, and the girl had finished cooking, and she was a pretty, not the right um, measurement for a model. 
she wasn't overweight, she wasn't underweight, she she wasn't tall enough for, for what we needed. She was just a healthy, beautiful teenager. And I said, I'm, you know what, you're not the right bit to bother and I think you should maybe look at doing something different, like maybe try doing that thing or that. You know, no one wants to say, you are top heavy. No one wants to say, you're not pretty enough for our industry. So the meeting went on for an hour. The mother would not take no for an answer. I had to sit there and get berated by a mother while her beautiful daughter was sitting next to her, looking at me with wide eyes, and another saying, but look at her, what's wrong with it? Why can't she get it? Tell me what, why she can't be a model. And it's so hard to hold that back. No one wants to say, well, because her nose is slightly too big. She doesn't have thick lips. She has, she's got acne on it. You don't want to say that to a kid. And, and it got to the point, the, the meeting went for an hour, my staff went silent, they could hear me holding back. They left. The mother left and said, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, good luck. So I'm going to take her to another agency. And I said, great. Like, I, I really hope, but please know that what I told you is the truth. Don't get something to pay money for something. That's not going to happen. And she she said, said, oh, sorry. And yeah. yeah, and so she left and I came and sat out here and cried because it was just like... But don't, do you think, Bridget, that the mother projecting all of her insecurities about her own beauty and acceptance and all of that stuff onto the child and being a stage mother and needing the validation? Well, mummingers. They're called mummingers. And the thing is, I am a mum of two girls, one is about 10, 21 and one is 16, and my girls are over. Both of us have kids. Well, our kids are the most beautiful things that ever walk the earth. But as it should be. Yeah, you, the minute they can make you think, oh my goodness, this is the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. Yeah, I look back at my kids first, oh, ugly. <laughs> 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 but that's how Mother Nature needs to be. And it needs to be like that. You love your children. So you can't, you have to have empathy for these mums. Like, that woman truly believed that her girl was beautiful. And, and her girl was beautiful, but not just like, or the mother. Us. But like, modeling yeah. is, is, it's like, my husband is six foot two, well, it's twenty now, so it's probably six one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we all. <laughs> doesn't matter how much you like sources, yeah, you're never going to be a jockey. You know, like, it is what it is. Get over everyone. And modeling isn't just about being tall and thin. That's only the runway stuff. There's all the commercial stuff. The biggest thirty models in, in America are, um, plus size models. They're tall. And that's like our size 12 and up. There are 40 inches and up. And one, there's a great Australian model. Her name is Robin Morley. And she would be six foot three. And she would be a size 14 to 16 in our sizing. Um, and she's rocking it. And on the cover of both. So there's more your photographic work. Yeah, but, but no one concentrates on commercials, that. that sort of Nobody thing. concentrates on that. It's all the skinny fashion models. That's just one sector of it. And no skinny fashion models. Don't get the swimmer shoes. Those skinny fashion models might get the makeup campaign for something, but other things they won't. There's agencies in New York that have all different, um, they call them boards, all different departments, where they have the 25 plus models, they have the 30 plus models. So Bridget, being in an industry that is so externally focused, so it's all about looks, clothes, there's lots of egos, there's lots of glamour, there's all kinds of types of personalities. You having two daughters that you've raised in amongst that, what have you done to shield or protect them in terms of how to navigate them through, you know, them not falling off the bandwagon, getting under, getting insecure, 
you know, just getting an unhappy skin on it all. What have you done? As a mum or as an agent who is also a mum? Like mm-hmm. being an agent who is also a mum, I found really difficult because I might have all, they might overhear me saying, well, I've been very careful for them not to, but they, he's not thin enough, he can't do it, he's the wrong body type, he's or, or weak, or she's too short. So, we, I have brought my kids up knowing that you are what you are, and and both of my kids are, here, here it goes again, that mum, both of my kids are extremely beautiful, but they do not have the right body shape for my kids. Neither of them, I can tell you right now, growing up in this industry, having a mum who's an agent for has anything to do with the industry, and um, for me, it's, it's been not even take the modelling out of it. For me, it's been the pressure, it's not been the bad influence of having a mum who works for modelling industry. It's been the boy at the first time that says, you're the fat one. Or the kids at school who said, my youngest one, you look like a rabbit. This is a piece of one. It's those things that have been more detrimental to my kids than when they were on modelling industry. So it's possibly not actually the media after all, it still comes down to real world dynamics with other people's real world hurtful comments where the So we shouldn't be as concerned about the photoshopping in the airbrush. Why are we I don't that? know, I, I don't know, I reckon we should be concerned. Why is it happening so much? I don't know. You don't it, it, hear it? It, it is big. Well, the whole industry is changing so much. Back in the day, when I when I was a girl back in the day, <laughs> um a, if a girl walked in with thick lips, that was like, oh, what are they like? You can buy thick lips now. Yeah. I was quite busted when I was young. And that, that made me stand out. But you know what? You can buy them too now. Um, and anyone, hey, I could look hot. I could do a hot selfie, put it, you know, photoshop it and, and post it. And I think anyone could be a photographer now. Back in the day. It was, you know, you put a roll of 36 in the camera. I worked with a photographer. You had to get it right. Because you didn't, unless you had one of those Polaroid cameras on top, attached to a camera, which a lot of, you know, these ladies struggled with hand, you had to know that your lighting was right. And the results you got right now, they can take 500 photos, look at them instantly, the model will see the photo before we see them at the agency. And they're up on their Facebook half the time before we see them. They're photoshopped, they're stretched. Everything you see is pictures of I, I would not say there's a shot in an advertising campaign that hasn't been touched up. I find it sad because I think who is deciding this? Who decides how far the Photoshop goes to create something that doesn't exist? You know, so is it now the person where well, the I think, that, I think the photographer, yeah. right, for a start, I think the photographer should, but back in the day, if you bust away and got the lighting right, got, got the hair right, everything, got the angle got everything, right, everything, everything, the hair, the clothes, the no straps showing or whatever. Grass strap, but mm. everything was like eyes were on it, getting it right. Mm. Now I think the photographer should, 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 oh, we can get rid of that in post, we can get rid of that in post. And I see, I laugh at some of the stuff I see, and you know, they oh, we can get rid of that and be a hair sticking out here or a grass So a lot of the times photographers will edit their stuff down and fix their mistake 
before it gets to the point when we've been so much, you know, we're just pulling up our eyes a bit and darkening a little bit. I've seen shots where, uh, just test shoots where models have just been shot, no makeup, and then the makeup's been put on in post-production. It, it, I don't think it's the looks fault. It's it just technology. It's mm. just the way of the world. That dove commercial, the beautiful dove commercial that they showed a very pretty girl, um, not striking, stunning, but very pretty, that they then did in the, you know, they fast-forwarded it up in the two hours and they showed the makeup being done, the hair being done, um, the photo being taken, and then they showed all the airbrushing, which actually I'll put that link up on our Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, it's, it's the same it's one. a very that, powerful uh, one for teenage girls to see, yeah. to recognise that what they are seeing is not, it's, it, it doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. That's right. So, I, just but I think, that, and models are the people, you find models are the most valuable people when you get to meet them because they know, they know that they don't really look like that. It's very, occasionally, you come across the girl who actually thinks she looks like that. But we all love those celebrity before and after shots, don't we? When the celebrities get caught, you know, with no makeup and no, maybe they're real tracksuit pants. And oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the answer to the question. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know whose fault it is. It just is what it is. And everybody likes to be. Yeah, I know. My experience with dancers, and I wonder if yours has been the same with models too, is that, well, actually, you know, when I was choreographing fashion parades that some of your beautiful models were in, you know, you would hear the girls backstage and they would all be complaining about some part of themselves. I actually don't truly think there are too many women that actually walk this earth that really genuinely can love every part of themselves. There's a great TED.com um, talk. Google it and look for Cameron Russell and talk about what model who did a TED talk about her insecurities and the truth about her modeling career. And she says, a bit like what James was saying, she says, you know, so many people think if you've got the shiniest hair and the skinniest, you know, legs and the most fashionable clothes that you'd be happy. But she says if you've ever been backstage and you've seen the models sitting together and they've got the shiniest hair and they've got the skinniest bodies and they've got the most fashionable clothes and they're the most insecure people you'll ever meet, you know, we know that these things aren't really the answer that we need. Right. No. These are not. And so do they. So do the models. Yeah. Yeah, the models say that. But it's the teenage girls that I'm worried about, the ones who are on Facebook and the ones who are looking at the images and comparing them. Let's talk about Facebook. Let's talk about Facebook. You don't need a model agent when you've got Facebook. Let's talk about Facebook. We always, we never yes, get through an episode without talking about Facebook. <laughs> Beck and I are always referencing something that we mm. saw on Facebook. Like Facebook. Been, you know, that, yeah, Facebook would be much oh, better, wouldn't it? Okay. But hey, let's face it, we're all on it. We're all on it. And I have two Facebook. And so, I, it's obviously, I get befriended by young models or girls who want to be models. And so that's, why, that's why I have two Facebook. And I, Cannot, uh, thank God, trying to say thank God, it wasn't around when I was born Because I would have been the biggest over perpetrator of the most inappropriate photos. I know it. Um, so I think we're having a generation of narcissistic teenagers who, like, the sta- I wish you could all see what I'm about to do, but there's a standard pose and it's got a lip tie out. Duck face. Duck face. And it's it's constant and it's family life they get. And, and some girls actually change their, their bit once, twice a day. Yeah. And it's a little soul sort of desperately seeking external validation of needing people to say, please like me, please notice me, please see that I'm pretty. And some of them are model. Some of them already get that, mm-hmm. that validation. See, it's never going to be big enough. The audience will never be big enough. There'll never be enough likes. 
they have to start working on themselves within. It's an addiction, isn't it? It is. Yes. But it, it's going back to my industry. It's also now a prime vehicle for predators to contact girls and say, hey, I've got a mop I've seen casting agencies that used to go through model agencies now just posting on Facebook, or um, this is a movie come out, which is killing our industry. But it's photographers contacting girls via Facebook. I must and say, I see all those posts. I see a lot of, because I've got a lot of people from the industry as friends, um, and, and I see that. Who wants to do this shoot? Blah, 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 you and know, it's and it's really 20 bucks in a bar tab or, or, you know, or more like it's freebie or, and you get to keep the clothes or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there's, and no, there's no one to protect them. And there's a, I, I get up on my kids laugh, but it means, Meaning? Oh God, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Yeah. They always get a lot of See, that's the young one here. Come yeah. on, yeah. Pictures with words on them that are yeah. funny. Like so there's one of the Willy Wonka dudes. Is it Gene Wilder? Yeah, the old Willy Wonka, yeah. Yeah, and he goes, so you're a model. And then it says, who's your agent? Facebook. <laughs> and and it's, it's classic because there's this whole generation of, of girls, like doing that, wanting validation, wanting to be, and hey, I, you know, I've seen some beautiful girls who post pictures on Facebook. But the most important pictures in the modeling industry now between the agents and what we call digital. In the old days, they were called Polaroid, where if a girl comes in to connect and we want to show her to New York, for example, and nowadays it's where it's the internet, I can sign a girl so quick and move. The first thing they'll ask is, is there digital? It's like raw face, no makeup, and it's got much shots, but straight on, smile, turn profile. That's, that's the biggest, most important vehicle for models getting signed now because everybody knows every shot they see from any job is photoshop. So, digis are our most important. Wow. We not have to pay thousands of dollars for photo shoots. Because it doesn't mean anything. No, I don't Well, let's touch on that. I'd love to touch on that because this is an industry that, you know, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are either young, you know, we've got lots of teenagers that listen, but we've also got lots of parents that are listening that have got um, perhaps beautiful children that are wanting to get into modelling. And I just think it's so important that they really look at who the agent is. And, you know, I've watched Bridget with her girls and the care and compassion, empathy, gentleness, love, Tough love that she gives them is what you must have from an agent. And you have to have somebody that knows their stuff. This is an industry that is so vulnerable. And I'm sorry, but it's very easy to know that there are photographers out there that will get them in and then next thing you know, it's like, well, why don't you just drop the top down and now we've got oh topless shots been going on. We've got... Well, then they posted on Facebook and they're out there forever. My beautiful friend, Nikki, who was at one point, she was a, um, a pop star. Like, um, I had a had top ten single and uh, next thing you know you know the photos had turned up and they'd been photoshopped onto a nude body and there was this whole website that was all Nikki in the nude everywhere that was going around the world you know that this stuff this goes on real. this is real, this is real. And, and that's people what you think mean that agent. this is just filled with Hollywood stuff and it's not you've got to have an agent and let's also talk about the new kids on the block that just turn up and go oh, yeah I'm going to open a modeling agency oh, that'd be okay. really cool I'm going to hang out with really pretty people um or the casting couch. The casting couch is real. It exists. So if people want to know about the casting couch, that's when you have sex to get a job. Well, and I've never come across that in Adelaide. I haven't come across it in Adelaide either. And I, I and definitely I'll know about my dancers that have worked in the US that it's come across. Yes, What absolutely. you'll find, there's, there's a really tight network of credible agents worldwide. And this is what people need to tap into if they want to go down this path. Mm. So 
the unfortunate thing is anybody can open a model agency. Mm-hmm. Even it's I, not I, regulated I at all. You know, I was a B-grade model and then a photographer. I thought one day I'm going to take over for net. I did it. No one checked. Hang well, on. We both started our agencies the same year, actually. So you, you can't. <laughs> You know, there is no, it's like to be a hairdresser, you have to have a qualification, you be fishing, you have to have a qualification. There is no qualification for your model agent. So I have seen over the years, and some of them are still in business now, really scary dodgy people opening model agencies. And there's no governing, um, no one checks on there's that. There's no, or there's no association that governs it, you know, the membership no. based or credibility code of conduct that is agreed to within the model agency. Right, so back to parents who are listening, what should they be looking for? Okay. They should see how long, they should go into the office office of the agency. They should ask, like you walk into my office, you can see six current magazines one a week. So you can see that yeah. the, the runs are on the board. So you want yeah. to be looking for... You should meet the people, you should meet the agent, you should talk to the agent. So if they you walk into an office and they see all these photos of gorgeous girls everywhere and guys everywhere, but there's no... Here is the magazine cover that that's one of my girls, or here's, you know, there's no actual work, it's just, it can be you Don't staged. believe what you read on Do you the website, you don't mm-hmm. believe what you read on Facebook. Do you want to look for free? A word of thing. Now it's really good. Yeah. I've heard to speak to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, you've got to go and meet the people. Start feeling them as well. And, yeah, you, women use intuition. Um, it's, for me, like it, it, it's really easy to be a good agent because I have two kids, two girls, so my decision making process is really easy because I have the empathy of like being a mum. Um, how long have these people been around in the industry? What did they do before that? Um, maybe you'll please check on them. Like it, it's actually, we just, I would like to reiterate that having known at the risk, knowing some of the people behind some of the agencies in Australia, which I'm sure is international, the same problem, do a police check. Yeah, do a police check is what I'm saying. If I'm not in the If anyone's going to say that, be your children, do a police check. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I have to say the agents that I've met and I've been business with are some of the nicest people in the world. And nobody wants to, but forget Adelaide, like, when you look beyond and you're working with people who are actual agents and it's not just pay this much money and do a modeling course and oh I haven't got to work with you after you've paid them five hundred dollars. Um Yeah, that's normally practice. Yeah, that's very common but, practice. You want to look at is it a modeling agency or is it a grooming academy? Cool. And they're two different things. Yeah. And if I, you can still false screen so I could I could be driving a Maserati, <laughs> seriously, but you've got to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. So most people don't want to wreck their kids. No one wants to hurt anyone, generally. No one is, is evil in the industry, and no one wants to hurt anyone, and no one wants to hurt their own career. So people are generally quite protective. And I, you know, it, you've got to hook yourself up with a good one. I'm called a mother agent. And a mother agent is, because I'm from a really small market, this is not New York. So I make my money by placing girls in New York, Paris, Tokyo, Milan. And I get a proportion of their commission. So if the girls are getting taken 20% commission from an agency, the agency I'm placing is giving a portion of their 20%. They don't take more from the girls. 
they take a proportion of that. So it's rewarding you for having found the talent. Yes. So I'm known as a mother agent. And it's really important to have a good mother agent, especially a little bloke like me, because I only want to I don't have good brother thought telling me like what a I can do it a lot. So it's great to have a, a owner operator mother agent because A, you get to talk straight to the source and B, I will defend my kids to the death because not only will I defend them because I want them to look after, but my, my business, my livelihood depends on So when, let's say, or a recent example, a, a girl, a, a young girl, a 16 year old girl was offered a Contract to Tokyo for four weeks. Great opportunity. Goes earn quite a lot of money. Perfect school holiday. Take one week off. Be decided at school. And okay, where she's going to be staying? So they said in the model house. Who are the models? Da da da. Find out. Then I find out there's two girls in there who are um, from another country. We're sneaking out at night. Sneaking out at night going out night clubbing to the at six in the morning. So it means being that hot. This is before the bottle went over. I found out by the animal. I called her those girls removed from the model house and one of them said that's what I thought that girl. So it's fair because all I thought about was not my kids. Had them removed from the model house that my kids didn't have to be in that environment and then I forgot my plane and flew over with her. Dropped her off, checked it all out flew back the next day, then we died by then one night in Tokyo. But that's what my mother agents can do. And that might be an extreme, but that's what you want. That level of attention is what any mother would want for their child or any father would yeah. want expect. And this is yeah. what really actually blows me away by the genuine people in the industry. And there what, are so what, many know, genuine And this is what, what we need to be really acknowledging because there is a lot of dodgy but there's so many genuine mm. and there's be more genuine than dodgy yeah, and exactly. can I say this if your your child or your other person who is, who is predisposed to taking drugs or getting into trouble or whatever it's going to happen whether you're in your modelling Paris modelling or working at Coles down at under you know, so if I'd have been let loose when I was 16 in another country, I would have gotten in all sorts of trouble. I look back at myself now. So that's one thing. It's got a lot to do with the personality of the model. So you're very careful who you send and who you put them with. And there's just so much responsibility. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, but with industry, especially uh, Europe now, um, it came in about four or five years ago. Parents were sending from poorer countries 13 old girls at the house to be models and just leaving them there. And the government has said you cannot sign a, a contract with Europe with a model agency unless they're 16 now. You might think, well, hey, that's really young. But it's a lot better than first. And there's, there's laws and rules and child protection laws that are coming into effect in the industry in the United States now as well. And so I think people are slowly you know, becoming more aware we need to protect kids of their own family. Like that's interesting. That was almost my segue was 
What about when the problem is actually within your own family? Like if we get back to the stage mothers, toxic parents, cushy parents, parents who won't take no for an answer, parents who maybe feed the girls' insecurities or, you know, you know, you could be doing more for yourself or why don't you think about this or we'll pay for your breast surgery or like, do you, do you get those kinds yeah. of parents? And yeah. what do you, what would you like to say about that? Um, it's really stressful and because you know they're doing it out of love. They love their kids. They love their kids. And it's, you know, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't take someone aside and say, listen, you've got a problem. You've just got to try and mediate and you've got to try and hold and protect the kids or the young model and hold them back until they're ready. And sometimes it's the property from parents. Um, but also I'd like to say this. If your 16-year-old or 17-year-old or 18-year-old gets a job at matches, do you have to have daily conversations with the duty manager? Is it your job as well as their job at matches? So we get a lot of um, warning signs when parents start to refer to as we're having a photo shoot tomorrow. <laughs> or we've decided we'd like to give you your time. You know then that that's you know they're making it all about them. Wow, it yeah. happens one little word, isn't it? It's we. not my daughter. It's now we. we. It becomes we. yeah because they are that they are being validated mm. through their children. Yeah. This is this is so pandemic. We see this in every sport. We see it in football. We Absolutely. see it in cricket. We see it in you know well everything that, that and, children and, can succeed in. And, mm. To a point, we I allow that because it is the unknown. It's not football. It's not basketball. It's the modeling industry, which if you don't know anything about it, it's, you know, you've seen some of the top models, you think it's like that, well, it's nothing like that. And, or you've seen a movie, you know, you've seen these girls, what's that movie a lot of times when that's been taken? You know, oh, I haven't it, seen it. Yeah, watch it, you never let the kids travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, so I understand they want to get to know me and they want to, but there comes a point where you've got to realise it's their part-time job or their career, it's not yours. So when, for example, my 16-year-old is a post-up, absolutely, those parents are in here and they need everything. They have my mobile number. We were at the airport together. I've, as soon as I got back from Tokyo, I was on the phone to them, spoke to them last night. That relationship is fine, but when it comes to a point of the person is a young adult and they're modeling, I, we generally just sit back and watch them. The, the, the models themselves have to sort of separate the parents, and I see parents finding that really hard. I watched, um, I, I want this parents to know this, but I know this definitely through my glancing days of, you know, I used to call auditions every week for different contracts. And there were bouncers that, without a doubt, didn't get opportunities because I didn't want to deal with those parents. Oh, that happens all the time. And, and I know that might sound really harsh to say that, but so if you are a hovercraft parent, if you are a, a parent that is a hovering helicopter parent, overprotective. If you're one of those people that just hangs off your kid and is controlling everything in their life and living your life through them, Know that you're actually limiting your child's opportunities, but there will be times that people will say no to your child when maybe they have earned the right for that opportunity, whatever it is in life. 
Because I just don't want to deal with the... You do. I've had too. models drop from agency. Big agencies because they probably just do it with another. Yeah. Mm. And, and, yeah. And of course you don't. And you don't, you know... You don't want to tell the mothers that. You, you sort of... I think when that happens, mum... We love other kids. We were like, you know, and I've been guilty of it. Like, taking my child to, I don't know, an interview for a sport or something, and they've asked the child a question and I've answered it. You know, we, we've all. Yeah, done. we all do that, but there's different to them continually wanting to be validated internally. Parenting, feeling like, yeah. you know, um, it's almost like that parent is feeling like they're the model. They're the one that's being you know, accepted. accepted, yes. And they will validate it by saying, it's my job to protect my child. And you can't argue with that. So it, it, that's, it, it can be really emotionally tiring. Mm-hmm. Every parent has a right to be like that, feel like that. Do that to a point. What about the actual model's self-esteem? Um, Jane was saying something to me earlier about do, do you think that some of the models out there in the world that really have the X factor or really get the big job, is it because they've got some sort of an inner glow that's coming? To Absolutely. It, it's a difference. It's like a, how many pretty girls are there in the world? Like, you've got this one and that one and they're both gorgeous. And who do you pick? You pick the one you like the most. And why do you like her the most? She's great personality. And, you know, and that, that, she's not let us smile on the catwalk. <laughs> You know, but yeah, but that, that's only that's just when they're walking down the catwalk for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Backstage, you, you choose the one that you want to work with. Yeah, yeah. I used to say that. You know, if I've got two two dancers that are exactly the same, they're both delivering me the same product on stage. Who am I choosing? The one that I am happiest to work yeah. with. Yeah, so I've got to spend time with them. Yeah, you're at school. You've got to pick out of what someone in your class. You have to see the other partner up with. You're both choosing a pick. You make the one you like. Get on with it. So the person that really does have true inner beauty, that really is kind and fun and. Confidence and self-assuredness of self-love with internally is the one that's definitely going to grow and stand up. Mm, the comes from within. Now, do you believe that? Because that's what I was actually saying. Oh, absolutely. I, I do think that those top ones that we see in your magazines and catwalks and whatever, really, some of those really do have something very much coming and from the inside out. It's that, that it factor or X factor that often can't be taught. You've got it or you haven't. Yeah. But I actually say it can be. Acquired through software. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it, you'll find when you get to the top echelon of models as well, they're all generally highly educated. They all, they're very consciously aware of every decision yeah, that they're they making in life through, through their intelligence. When you're studying, like, if you finish high school and you want to start modeling life sort of in year 11 and 12, there's no way you're getting time off a of school to model unless you're a product student. So they're generally high achievers. And then after you call, if they're going to go straight into a job, they're not going to model either. So after you call, most of our models are, have done degrees. I have lawyers. Got this, and he's one of my favourite models now because she's got to Aberdeen now. I shouldn't have said her name, but you know, she's, she's a doctor now. And so... You'll find that people, especially locally, models who are modelling are really highly educated and more high achievers because otherwise they wouldn't be able to model. A type personality. You should find that with yeah. top dancers mm. as well. And it annoys me. Thing. Like some people think, think they've done it all. Yeah, yeah. they just say, oh, yeah, all beauty, no brains. Yeah. 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 Well, we have got that new housewife, rural housewives of Melbourne, the, the lawyer that's on it. Yeah. <laughs> 
first workshop I sit there and watch it with the girls my kids be up on the weekend and I said, Oh quality my viewing, Lord. quality and viewing. She said she's a barrister or a lawyer or something. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, you know, when you said earlier that you have instilled inner beauty in your girls, how have you done that, Bridget? Only say my girls because you're a sixteen year old and you're a twenty one year old girl. And maybe you bubbles as well, because what do you give them to counterbalance all of the you know, the external materialistic stuff? Oh no, I d I don't I, I talk to them about if you're paying backstage someone's gonna want to work with you, like make sure you keep everyone to respect. Modelling doesn't define who you are. Like, if you don't get the job, then you're not beautiful. That, that's as far as I go. Mm-hmm. But that's important, though, because, because they're not my kids. No, like, that is so important, though. You know, modelling doesn't define who you no. are. A very powerful words for a young girl to be hearing when mm-hmm. she's about to face a rejection because she's gone to 20 casting calls and not scored a gig. And yet she is a beautiful girl. So it's important that she... Here's those it's words. It's about whether you're right place at the right time to make the product. The product that, that they're looking for. Mm, exactly. And so that's that as far as I'll go with the ball. Like you can get it. personally and come back Otherwise, I'll be the same. Yeah. Um, but I do find I do end up sometimes. But with my children, I just always instill that how you feel about yourself, how you treat others. Is how they perceive you, mm. and and beauty is. Beauty can only take you so far. Physical skin and hair and nails and shiny eyes and whatever. I mean, it's only gonna, it can only get you so far in life. Um, I can get you really far. Like mm. it's not fair. Like it's, you know, <laughs> it, 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 there we go. Life's not fair. It, it opens doors. doors. Look, it attractive people doors. get opportunities sooner than those that are not. Yeah, that's that's get, given. Attractive people get jobs and do something with them. Yeah. And it's not a free card forever because at some point you're probably going to age. And what have you got I going for you? Were you hot, Mother Bridget? You're still hot now. She's great. Look at this gorgeous cleavage. She's looking good. I was up at a Playboy one, and now I regret not doing it. Oh, tell them you do it now. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a thing. Um, yeah, so it, so I just told the kids to be happy with who they are, and, and, and in terms of my modeling kids, I always say to them, modeling is my business. Oh, I don't know money, but it's very important to me. But in this kind of world, that it's not an important job to have. So have a long-term career goal or goal and use modelling as a means to get where you want to be. For example, you know, there are certain doors that can open for you. I had a model. She's been shooting Alexander McQueen, she's been flying to London doing that, working for the, the top photographers. And she said, this is a really smart woman. You know, I want to do something else. And I said, what was that? She said, I don't know. And she said, I want to do photography. And I said, okay, you, you just work with the top photographers in the world. So here's what models can do for you. You can either go sign up at TAFE or WEA and do a photographic course and then start and, and try and get with experiences models uh, with photographers in Adelaide. Or you can send an email to the photographer who shot the Alexander McQueen campaign and asked if he can deal with work experience with her. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what modern mind is. It can introduce you to the most amazing people. And, and the modern industry is the only industry, I'm a bit crazy, that the only industry I've ever felt where I've 
fit in. And you'll find that a lot of people working with the streets are the cities that are loaded at that time. The girl who was too pretty and none of the boys like girls wanted to talk to her. Or the girl that wasn't pretty. Well, she was tall and skinny and none of the boys liked her. Yeah. Yeah. All the boys who was gay at school but couldn't come out. All the boys who wasn't gay but just like we make up on people and it's like this. And I love that. You know, I've always said my label was that I grew up highly sensitive. That was my story of difference. And, uh, and I found a home in the entertainment industry and acceptance of everybody being a bit quirky and different and having their story. And speaking of difference, one of the things I love is when you said that, you know, your husband's six foot tall and he's never going to be a jockey. It is know thyself and then grab the opportunities that are best suited to who you are. Yeah. So I actually have a daughter that we knew from the day she was born that she was going to be very tall. She was born at 51 centimetres. My husband is tall. He's 6'2". My parents are tall. His parents are tall. And at two, double her age, we knew she was going to hit a one six foot. So what do we do? We've got to make sure that she sees that as a positive thing. What things is quite fabulous for? Well, she plays tennis and volleyball. You know, love what you are and find the things that you can yeah. follow your joy that, that are going to support who you are and stop trying to be something that you're never going to be able to be. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. Mm. Any final thoughts that you want to mention, Fabrice, or anything that you wish more people knew? Any sort of, you know, myths that you want to explode or things that's important to say? So many. <laughs> we're turning this off from Love Life Show. We're turning it into the Bridget Show. Yeah, the ones that enjoy the most. Weekly podcast on all of the yeah. annoying things. <laughs> Facebook is not an agent. Facebook won't protect you. Facebook won't check the people out. Your agent should be a real person. And, and girls, if there's any young girls listening, just be careful what you post on social media because it's there forever. That is so important. It really is there forever. I mean, they think they can delete, you know, delete a post off of uh, their page, but it's still in everyone's newsfeed and it's impossible for that to be taken down. Mm. And with all the tags that go on behind the scenes, you know, you can Google. And I, I have Googled. I know that, you know, that is something that, do you ever do that? Do you Google when somebody comes in, you'll Google their name and just yeah. see what's going on behind the scenes here? Check them out. What's, what's yeah, up I've on Googled there? myself. <laughs> Were you horrified? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was horrified. Was it was that nice man. photo of front, front row at the... Fashion world. I've Googled and found uh, there's a lot of pictures of models come up, but I've Googled and, and found pictures from Facebook. That's right. Really, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. And, and I might, certainly wouldn't let my children have Facebook. It might be because they were older. Fun and games when you're in year nine, but when you're 35, it might catch up to you just until you've actually got the job in the year. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Beauty is a state of mind. As I feel beautiful, I radiate beauty. We want to thank Bridget Mitchell very, very much for being our VIP special guest on the couch today. And for those of you who are listening, please join us every Wednesday for free on the wellnesscouch.com for our half-hour show on love, sex, relationships, and living your best life and doubling your happiness. And even though we can Facebook, you can reach us on Facebook. Um, this is the positive side of it. And we love getting your messages. And thank you for all your beautiful, heartfelt stories and questions. And we look forward to receiving more of them if you guide us towards our topics that we will be sharing with you in the future. Our Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash love life show. Have a gorgeous divine week feeling truly beautiful. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening.
it's a beautiful day. 